Hi, you're watching Legends of Tabletop, and my name's Sydney, and this is one of my favorite fan fictions. Yes, I would like to make a disclaimer very quickly that this is completely different from anything that Legends of Tabletop has broadcast previously. Um, again, this is Leah with Legends of Tabletop. The opinions expressed therein are not necessarily those of the rest of my colleagues with Legends of Tabletop, but this today's event does circle around something that Nova Kane, our guest, and I are, are very, very proud to present. And would you like to share that with us? When Bernice was out clubbing, she caught sight of something truly wonderful. On stage, there was a man dressed entirely in spandex, his ass breasts bulging out pleasantly, and the outline of his member was clearly visible. She had to squint to make out his name tag. But his name was Tony Dahlman, and he was clearly French. Bernice felt her G-spot grow hard. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, we are next week. Uh, I still don't know the day yet. But next week at the NakaCon anime convention, we are going to be hosting a panel called Dramatic Reading of Terrible Fanfic Porn. It's, it's, it, I think it's the sixth year in a row we've done it. Yeah, it is. It is. I was just thinking about that and and how we met. And I'm so thankful <laughs> that you invited me to come along with you to this uh, wild ride of <laughs> reading dramatically fan fiction porn in a very emotive manner. But what did get you into, uh, why fan fiction? Why not just ma mainstream literatica? Well, uh, you mean like Harley Quinn romance and... Oh, I, I, sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I read some of that. Um, I especially like Sandra Hill. She's really funny, but it, it actually started out with her, is that she posted an excerpt, a fake excerpt from her book on the internet and it kept making the rounds on fanfiction communities and I kind of just started getting back into fanfiction when I found it and I thought it was hilarious and I kind of fell into a community called Weeping Cock and Weeping Cock exists entirely to showcase um, like erotica like fanfiction erotica that people have written that uses very strange euphemisms or is intentionally supposed to be funny or is sometimes just so bad it's funny. And that's kind of how I, I discovered this community. <laughs> and I mean, every time I find one, it's like a gem. It's so great. Yes. And every time that you share these gems, not only with the group that it helps to present but to the 
individuals that gather at the event that we present at. Um, the reaction that I get to overhear of people and how much they laugh and appreciate uh, everything that is presented. It, it's beyond anything that I could ever pay for. It's well, so rewarding. That's a, I, I thought about skipping a year and then I thought about this is going to be the only weekend of the entire year where for about an hour, I'm cool. Yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> uh, if you remember last year, we we read a fan fiction about Kylo Ren, yes, uh, masturbating with Darth Vader's helmet, and it <laughs> broke people. Yes, it did. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So what are are we are we revisiting we, the Star Wars um, universe this year or no? We yeah we are. We uh, found yeah. <laughs> Okay. We found one based off of the most recent episode eight, uh-huh. the Last Jedi. Um, and if uh, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, it's not a spoiler, but um, through the Force, people can communicate remotely. And in this fan fiction, Kylo and Rey are communicating, and they're a little horny. It's oh no, oh no, oh no, okay, <laughs> but they can't touch, so they get creative. Oh, uh, okay, it's, it's probably to break people again. I, yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's it. That, that, <clears throat> okay, <laughs> so oh my goodness, so now. If you had, have you ever ran across? I know you've run across video game fan fiction porn because you presented me to read one year. It was uh, Final Fantasy, it was a milking thing. Oh, yeah, daily ritual. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I, that, that was a great amount of fun to read. Um, Let's see. Now, have you ever ran across tabletop gaming fan fiction porn? Yeah, I have. Um, they're generally better written uh, because I think they come from people who already write out a narrative for what they're planning on doing for their tabletop games. Mm-hmm. Um, Warhammer is particularly popular. <laughs> Squad broken. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... I, I would say that in general, I, I am surprised at the lack of fan fiction I find for uh, some games like Call of Cthulhu. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not surprised at the amount or the quality of the kinds of fan fiction I find for D&D because that is across the board. I did find Cuckold of Cthulhu. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I'll probably share it with you. <laughs> I think you should. Yes. It's great fun. Oh, Cthulhu rises. Yes, he does. Um, <laughs> Cthulhu also rises. Oh, yes. Now, I did... In, in, am I allowed to talk about what you what, what I've looked at so far for this year specifically? Um, 
A little. We uh, part of the part of the thing about the panel that we like is the element of surprise. Okay. I, I then think I'll that, leave it alone. Right. I think that the reason that the uh, some of the fix that we had last year got the reaction that they did is because people weren't expecting the pairings. Yeah. And people weren't expecting the things to happen that did happen. And if you know what it is beforehand, you can look it up on Archive of Our Own or fanfiction.net. Although it is kind of sad, though, a lot of those fanfiction disappears usually a couple years after it's published. Yes. Maybe people get embarrassed by it or uh, like one of my friends took down all of his fanfiction because he had written it under his real name. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And he hasn't published it since, but uh, he was looking for a job and he realized it was the, the fifth result on Google. So he had to take all of it down. Uh, a lot of it wasn't erotica. He just didn't want them to read his Harry Potter fan fiction. Oh, that's so. disappointing. Yeah. I, I enjoyed reading the one about Hogwarts. Oh, the Hogwarts the and the giant squid. Yeah. That one is a classic. That one's yes. one, of, one of my favorites. I think that one's called Close Encounters. Mm-hmm. How did I? You know, and uh, Topless Robot used to do a fan fiction Friday until Topless Robot doesn't really exist anymore. But that is how I found out about some of the fan fiction. That's where I found out about the Hogwarts and the giant squid. It had never occurred to me that you could anthropomorphize the entire school of Hogwarts and make it have tentacle porn. <laughs> oh, man. I love people. People, The yes. internet is great. Yes, it is. The internet is great. The internet has a plethora of human knowledge. And also, I, I got this beautiful Legends of Tabletop coffee mug from the internet. You know what else you can get from the internet? Other than porn? Yes. You can get coffee. (laughs) Specifically, the Finches series, legendary brew, Legends of Tabletop's own brew from Birds of a Feather Coffee Company, birdscoffeecompany.com. Let me tell you. I've had to like make sure that this one is doubly sealed because I can't stay out of it. It smells so wonderful. And it is available from the Legends of Tabletop website. It has its own option on the top menu above everything else. Just click on it and you'll be taken right to that option uh, to have our special brew delivered right to your home and if you enter the code legends 10 at checkout you will get a 10 percent discount and so that's enough for coffee right now oh. mm. speaking of keeping your engines revved now do you think that we'll see much marvel or dc content through the porn panel this year uh actually both really yeah we have marvel and dc we have uh an avengers fan fiction this year Mm -hmm. and we also have a batman fan fiction oh so that wasn't on purpose actually that was a coincidence although the 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 
Okay, we're going to stop because that, that's treading on pairings and surprise and all of that stuff. I just okay. realized that was a bad question. I shouldn't have asked it. It's all right. Um, I mean, it's not going to... There are so many Marvel fan fictions. Those... And lots of them are very porny. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's not like... Uh, Sometimes, though, people will come in because they want to hear about their pairings, and sometimes people uh, react a little better when they're surprised. I have, though, I get uh, recommendations every year, and several of them I have to turn down because they're maybe a little too graphic. Oh. There's, and I don't know if it's just that they think that maybe I, you know, they want to see if I'll read it. But usually every year somebody will give me a printout of something that they've written (laughs) or they'll give me like, they'll send me a link on Facebook. Uh, We do have a Facebook page. It's dramatic reading of terrible fan fiction because we wanted it to be safe for work. Yes. And every once in a while, somebody will send me a suggestion through there and it's usually something along the lines of the origin of dry bones. (laughs) Uh, or what is it? 47 H's or, uh, whatever the name of the Pokemon story is. I can't remember what the name of that one is. Bunch of really, basically things that are, are straight up just Gorn. Oh. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Gorn. It's one of the things I, I have self-imposed rules for the panel. I, I don't do anything that involves Gorn because it, it, I mean, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm also really not a fan of violence in my porn. Yeah. I don't do anything that includes bestiality because of... No. Personal <laughs> preference, obviously, and also it's illegal in the state that we'll be doing it in. It is uh, punishable by six months mandatory minimum in jail. Oh, gosh. Yeah, fan fiction. I didn't know that until recently, but even writing fan fiction about it punishable by by jail time which by the way is more than what you can get for a DUI that's sad yeah Yeah. but at the same time it's like why would anybody think about that I don't know that that would just start a discussion about the documentary zoo and I don't want to talk about it today oh man (laughs) I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Yay! Um, but actually, you're not a terrible person because so so you sold someone a piece of edible candy. Oh, <laughs> that. No, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> oh man, about but, yeah. getting getting sued by a lobbyist and ha- I. I don't know how much you can talk about a court case, but there are definitely people out there who would like obscenity laws to be stricter. Mm. And I think that they're plenty strict enough and what adults want to read and watch is really none of other people's business. And if you want to sell porn in your porn store, you should be allowed to. As long as they're... uh, Yeah, as long as... yeah. Obviously, but yeah, as long as you're over 18 and you have a, you know, and you're paying cash for it, I guess. But speaking of, how did you make your first dollar? 
my first dollar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, not is that including an hourly job or selling something? It's going back through time. Yeah, I'm trying to think about because I I remember selling a painting in elementary school once. Aw, what was it a painting of? <laughs> it was a painting of myself in my grandparents' lawn. <laughs> and I sold it to a guy who had a big crush on me and he paid me like ten dollars for it. Oh my gosh. That's like huge in elementary school. Oh yeah, I was really happy about it. I felt really great about it. <laughs> and now I'm older and I'm like, that was like a watercolor painting on notebook paper. I bet it did not survive. <laughs> oh gosh, I doubt it did. <laughs> oh man, speaking of survival, what song do you want to have played at your funeral? Ooh. <sighs> no Children by the Mountain Goats. Okay. I want a song about a dysfunctional relationship so everybody there can be really uncomfortable. Nice. <laughs> and that's right. Um, oh, unfortunately, that reminds me. I've, I've got to go to one of those on Friday. Mm. Mm. But what album do you think you could listen to completely all the way through without skipping a single track? Uh, the soundtrack to the video game Journey. I listened to it a lot. Really? Yeah. And if not that, then Tallahassee by the Mountain Goats, which happens to have no children on it. Okay. And I happen to be wearing a Mountain Goat shirt today. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> there might be a theme here. Yes, quite possibly so. Um, oh god. Now... Um, for our panel, for, I say for our panel, for, for the panel, for your panel that will be presented at NagaCon upcoming on the 16th, is it? Or the 17th, either one of those days? Uh, they have told me if it's Friday or Saturday yet. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, it would be the, either the 16th or the 17th. More than likely it's the 17th. It's usually on a Saturday. Oh, okay. It has been on Fridays before, but I prefer Saturday and I tell them that I prefer Saturday. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll be going on at the same time as the other adult panels going on. Which are generally uh, after midnight. Right. And you yeah. have to have a valid state ID to get in, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is something that we had to remind people every year. Oh, yes. There was when... Uh, I think the year that you joined or the year before you joined, we had a girl get into a screaming match with one of the other members uh, on the panel, Boba Boyd. And oh. because, well, he went up to her and she was sitting in the back of the room and we were getting the room set up for the panel and doing sound check. And he went up to her and said, you need to leave so you can be carded. And she said, well, don't I look 18? And he said, I don't care. You need to leave and get carded because there's people there. One of the good things about the panel is that people wait in line for hours to get in. Yes. So it's not fair to sit around and piggyback onto the next panel. And he was trying to explain yeah. that to her and she got into this big screaming match and then never came back. So I'm assuming she probably wasn't 18. Yes. Hmm. That's the correct assumption there. <laughs> that one. Yeah. I think anybody who says, don't I look 18? It's probably not 18. Uh -huh. Oh, the best, uh, what was it, three years ago? Yeah. I walked into the bathroom 
before I went my panel and the line was all the way like out the door into the parking lot. And I walk to the bathroom and I get into a stall and I overhear these girls talking about me and complaining saying that Novocaine guy. I don't know who the hell he thinks he is, oh. but he maybe needs to go out to the back of that line and tell people that they're not getting in because there's no way in hell that I'm waiting in that line. And there's no way in hell I'm getting to that panel. And I really wanted to see it. And I want to know how many people are going to be able to get in. And it was really funny <laughs> to overhear people in the bathroom complaining about me as if I'm one male. Oh, no. <laughs> and two, like, I'm going to go to the back of the line and tell people, nope, no, I'm getting in. No way. Oh, man. <laughs> you, know, what, you know what's really frustrating is not even the uh, not even the 18 and over panels. I was trying to get into a panel with the artist. Oh, what is her name? Amelie uh, Belcher? Yes. Amelie yes. Belcher. Yes. That was great. Yes, she is a wonderful presenter, and I look forward to hopefully being able to record her this year. Um, she's, uh, she's taking a break this year. She's not, because uh, she just got married. Oh, okay. Well, so she's not. Her. I know, and she's been with Levi for a long time. Yeah. Uh, she's not coming back this year, but she said she's going to come back next year. Oh, okay. Great. I really do look forward to uh, seeing her again. I sat in line and waited for like three hours to get into the panel. And then all of a sudden, I mean, they kept me by, you're going to sit by this, uh, this pylon and you're going to wait. And so I sat and waited. And then all of a sudden people started sitting up by the door and it's like, look, asshole i've been sitting here for three hours what are you doing and then by the time i got up to the door i had to throw a fit to get in yeah so and that's uh, unfortunately because sometimes with people not communicating with other staff members they don't always notice where the where the line starts and also people can be a little pushy about getting those panels oh yeah yeah so true so true yeah I am really looking forward to doing it again this year, though. I think of there's course. there's a lot of really good fan fiction that I've picked out this year. Mm -hmm. uh, I have destroyed my brain. Yes. My Google history is... <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm so afraid to even think about that. But I, I do promise, should anything occur and you need to have it deleted, <laughs> I will hit the delete button for you on that. I appreciate it because nobody needs to read what I've been reading. Uh, well, and the part of the panel is uh, you have to come up with new stuff every year. You can't do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly reading and I'm constantly searching and reading fan fandoms that I'm not really into. So sometimes I'm not really sure what I'm looking for. But uh, some people are... Uh, They've got maybe issues that they need to work out that maybe they're choosing to work them out through fan fiction. Quite possibly so. I mean, wasn't Fifty Shades of Grey originally uh, Twilight fan fiction? Yeah, it was written by Her Majesty's Ice Dragon, who's a fanfiction.net author, which I think has probably purged her accounts by now. E.L. Oh. James. Okay. But... Yeah, I kind of remember uh, when it came out. I wasn't, I didn't like Twilight, so I didn't read it. Um, 
But yeah, she got published because of her fan fiction, which I, I mean, if you want to know my opinion on Fifty Shades of Grey, not thinly <laughs> veiled domestic violence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's better SM porn out there, like an actual published form. Uh, like, I really recommend Sunstone if anybody wants to read a comic book about some, you know, somebody who gets SM right. Yeah. But Sunstone, okay. I have all I have all the the I have all the books for Sunstone and uh, I have now promised to loan them to several people who really liked Fifty Shades of Grey because I'm trying to trying to push them in the direction of good healthy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's totally fine to have say like a fetish where you want somebody to be rough with you. We have to be clear about that. You can't dress it up like it's a normal, healthy relationship yeah. and pretend like that's what, an okay thing to do. Yeah, that that's what upsets me about the whole Fifty Shades franchise. Yeah, is that and uh, and the Twilight issues because uh, issues the the Twilight movies yeah. and the books because there's there's so much that is unhealthy about that but it's idolized idealized and wrapped up with the bow <laughs> yeah and i mean it it hasn't changed a lot since because you can still find some of these tropes in like movies from the 70s and movies from the 50s so it, it's not anything new it's all old hat yeah. and i'd really like to see us change it because sometimes some of these concepts sound so foreign in porn and even in uh erotica that i read like sandra hill for example some of her stuff is a little on the the dubious consent side oh and where somebody's protesting about what it is that you're doing to them but eventually fall into liking it and i can understand to an extent one it's a trope it's way overused everybody uses it um, I could understand that you might be in kind of a mood where you're like, I don't really know, but, you know, I'm kind of feeling it now, so this is okay. But a lot of people choose to write it almost um, like domestic abuse Yeah, that turns out okay in the end. And I would like us to move away from that. And, you know, like enthusiastic consent doesn't have to be, hey, you want to have sex? Yeah! <laughs> Like, enthusiastic consent can just be two people kissing each other enthusiastically or, like, not, you know, one person going... Yeah. ...during the exchange, you know. But it's, it's a challenge to write sometimes, making sure that you're not writing anything that's uh, too far on the side of, I don't know, would this be consensual in a normal relationship? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, that that reminds me of the first sex scene that I wrote as an uh, as a beyond my twenties adult. Uh, the first sex scene that I did write, I made sure to like follow. It's like, do you do, is this okay with you? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that would be interesting if it was a sex robot. <laughs> Ma'am, oh, would man. you like to activate protocol four? No. 
Would you like to activate protocol six? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, the first sex scene I wrote. I actually remember the year. It was 2009. Because I was also, I was, uh, I wanted to write a comic book mm-hmm. that had plot, but also porn in it. Okay. I, I kind of wanted to cross that really hard to cross threshold of having an entertaining story where people also happen to have sex and also it's graphic. (laughs) (laughs) And the first sex scene I wrote where these two thieves had broken into a house at the same time to steal the same thing, this very valuable statue the owner had, and they start threatening each other. And one of the thieves has like a little bottle of poison and he's like, I've got this bottle of poison and... Uh, then he also shows her the antidote and he says, I've also got this antidote and the, but I've already used all the poison on the food. And she happens to be eating an apple because contrived coincidence. And so she's like, well, I'm poisoned. What do I have to do? And he's like, if you leave, I'll give you the antidote. And so she says, fine, I'll leave. And he accidentally knocks it off the table and right onto his penis. (laughs) Oh no. Yep, so she makes the decision that the only way she's going to get that antidote is to uh, brush her teeth with a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That was... I uh, want to read this now. It's about nine pages long, if I find it. Uh, I've got the original copy somewhere. I I have distributed it to a couple people, so it exists out in meat space somewhere. (laughs) Nice. Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to write so much more of it, but I've noticed that I have a problem with dialogue, and I wanted to do a little more practice writing uh, dialogue between two people because comic books are so dialogue heavy. Yes, that if you don't write good dialogue, you don't write a good comic book, oh. and it's I hard to keep people it. interested with uh, porn. Surprisingly, <clears throat> do you ever watch? Uh, do you ever watch the Wood Rocket? ask a porn star no i haven't oh it's so much fun um i i recommend it i recommend it to everybody (laughs) i'm gonna look that up (laughs) yes please do um it's wonderful it just drives home the fact that those people are real people and yeah at the end of the day it's just a job and uh yeah yeah and that's one of those things, like, because I, I write erotica and I, of course, write it under a fake name mm-hmm. because I don't want my employer to find it and decide that I'm no longer suitable for that job or I don't have the same professionalism, even though all I'm doing is writing a book. Yes. And I kind of feel like there's a little bit of unfair stigma on people who happen to do anything involving porn and this is, seems to be actually a little worse with fan fiction because I think people have a tendency, people who don't read a lot of fan fiction sometimes have a tendency to assume that fan fiction is going to be subpar quality to begin with. Yeah. Without realizing that a lot of people are now getting recognized and published because of their fan fiction. As yeah. As you them as writing samples. Yes. Um, and and Case in point, I visited a forum of our own and I just for giggles looked up uh, some Rex Stout 
fan fiction. And it was really well written. I was blown away. You, yeah, sometimes you would think that they, they wouldn't be great because, I mean, there is the stereotype of like this 11-year-old writing fan fiction and they don't know what they're doing. They don't have a lot of life experiences. But you'd be surprised a lot of fan fiction writers are competent writers and they're around, you know, they're they're... 18 and some of them are 11 and I you can tell when they're 11 I have a story no a, no 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 let's let's no there was a I found a guy who wrote a lot of fan fiction about uh total drama island which was a cartoon when I was younger he wrote a lot of fan fiction about it you could tell that he was younger because he wrote and then 23 times in the fan fiction oh god and then <laughs> and then four paragraph fan fiction 23 times. I I can't really say that I was much better at that age. I honestly cannot. No. I was actually, um, I'm not sure exactly how old I was, probably 11. This was before fanfiction.net was as big as it was. This was before, I think around the time that Anne Rice was suing people for their fanfiction. What? Oh, you haven't, Okay. I'm going to say what I remember, and hopefully it's not all incorrect. Um, there were a lot of companies who were attempting to sue people for their fan fiction back in like the early 90s uh, because they felt that they were misusing that person's uh, creative property, like their intellectual oh, property. Idea, yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, courts have decided that it's fine. You can write as much fan fiction as you want about anybody and anything. Uh, but you'll notice, especially if you find older fan fiction, I, I want to say that a lot of the ones that got taken down were X-Files mm. and things written, uh, written about any of Anne Rice's characters at the time, usually the vampire ones. Yeah. And it, it, I, I kind of remember a few people, and I was very young, but I remember people freaking out about it, thinking, like, where's my outlet? Now we have to go back to trading things that we've typed out and printed out of our computers among our friends instead of having this wide audience to read and critique what we've written. Yeah. And it's, just- it's I mean, clearly we, we've gotten so much better. We have our archive of our own. We have um, adult fan fiction. We have fanfiction.net. We've done pretty good for ourselves so far. Excellent. I was, though, I think I was, let's say that I was probably, I was still in elementary school, so I was probably 10, maybe 8 or 9. I was obsessed with Sailor Moon. Yes. I wrote so much Sailor Moon fan fiction. Um, I wrote several episodes, and every episode was about two or three pages long, the longest being five. I wrote 203 of them. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Because I was, and I had these arcs, these story arcs going on. And I thought, you know, like, this is how, like, this is Sailor Moon past the final season and all these other things. And it was not written well. It had a lot of random Japanese in it for no reason because I was a total weeaboo. And it was not great. And I haven't found it since I wrote it. I found one episode, like episode 205, which is super into it. Mm. But I found one episode and re- reread it and realized I 
clearly did not know how to use spell check. Aww. I did not know basic grammar. And it's so bad. The story is so trite. And the people that I, I made up for it are very Mary Sue's and just for the evil people. And I remember it being so bad that eventually I think I had submitted three or four episodes of it to a fan fiction website devoted to Sailor Moon mm-hmm. that they banned me from posting anymore. Oh, <laughs> at the time I felt really bad about it and I felt really upset about it because I thought I was great because I'm like 10 or something yeah. and I thought I'm the best writer ever and I'm obviously going to be a writing prodigy and now as an adult I read it and I'm like oh oh no oh oh <laughs> speaking of oh no writing I have a I, I have a giveaway today a special giveaway I'm going to be giving away on Twitter to be shipped somewhere within the continental United States. I do not ship internationally. Contact me on Twitter. I will be giving away one copy of Georgia Hotel. It is a very old paperback about the affairs of a traveling salesman. It's very steamy. Can I enter? Because that sounds great. It, it is a great, <laughs> it's a great pulp. And I strongly recommend it. So I love pulp. I, I, so the, the winner will be chosen at random. Message me on Twitter at l-e-a-h-t-a-u-r that is my twitter handle um send me a message and i will have the winner drawn at random within one week's time that would be by march 14th i will go to random.org and we'll figure out who the winner is. And you must be over 18 and your shipping address must be within the continental United States where you do not qualify for this giveaway. There we go. <laughs> Speaking of pulp. Yes. Uh, if, if you remember over the summer, I took a road trip to Texas. Yes, yes. Uh, I took a road trip to Texas specifically to see Rammstein. Oh, how did that go? Oh, they're so great. I bet. They're so great live. And I wasn't expecting them to be as good as they were. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I've seen some bands that I wasn't really impressed, like some really established, been around for like 30 years bands, and was like, eh, could listen Aww. to their CD. And then I saw Rammstein, and I was like... I was going to say they've been around for a while, and they should know how to put on a show by now. Oh, they really do. They good. really, really do. Excellent. Um they're great live, but while I was there, my friend uh, showed me this antique or this bookstore in Denton, Texas, mm-hmm. and I don't remember where it is. But it's it has something to do with an opera house, and I'm gonna have to look this up later. But they have just a section of rare books, and in the the section of rare books is just pulp. Ooh! And we bought so many books from there, and also awesome. I got. I got a signed copy of The City on the Edge of Forever, and uh, which is great because that's the only way that I think Harlan Ellison would ever talk to me. Oh my gosh. 
I have this feeling that if I met Harlan Ellison in real life, he would hate me immediately. Or maybe, I don't know, we'd have this begrudging respect for each other. <laughs> what makes you say that? He's a little bit of a curmudgeon. Okay. Have you seen any of his feuds? He's a little notorious for um, starting feuds with people. Sometimes for good reason. Sometimes not. Um, look up what he did at the Hugo Awards, like, in 2007. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he, he grew up somebody at the Hugo Awards. Yeah. yeah, he thinks he's funny. Well, sometimes humor is misinterpreted. Sometimes. I think the joke was that he somebody had called him childish. And his joke was, well, if I'm childish, then somebody better breastfeed me. And he grabbed a woman. And she was and he grabbed her on stage during the award ceremony. Oh no. And she was very upset. And the joke was not handled well by anybody. And that, that wouldn't be a joke. Yeah. He, so much he, he had to drink. I don't know. That, <laughs> I that's, have no idea. That's where my mind goes. It's like, well. Yeah, and yeah, I can't really imagine getting to that point where I'm like, somebody called me immature. Let's grab a tit. No. <laughs> yeah. That's, no. that's not where my mind goes. I'm like, wow, I better be on my best behavior because somebody told me I'm immature. Yeah, I mean, and not just throw all... Immature, uh, I'll throw you immature, and then I whip yes. out my dick and start, like, peeing on everybody. Like, that's no. not how that works. No, it's not. You can't counteract um, immaturity by being immature. No, you can't. But if you could have one superpower, what would it be? And why? Probably be like Mystique from X-Men. Okay. Because I've always really liked the idea of being able to transform into anybody and anything and, you know, like infiltrate things and be a fly on the wall. And also because some days I kind of wonder what it's like to have like blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think and I don't know if they ever did it in the movies, but I remember in the cartoon she could turn into animals sometimes. I'd like to be able to be a crow once in a while. Oh. That would be cool. Or maybe, have you played Bayonetta? Yeah, I, I haven't played it, but I have the luxury of being able to watch someone play it. You know, uh, her power is with her hair that, yes. it, like her clothes are all her hair and all of her summons are her hair. Yep. That would be really, really cool too. And I would be all right with that. Yes. I, I agree with you on that one. That would be awesome. Now, which one's your favorite, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Marvel just happens to have more franchises that I tend to like mm -hmm. and characters that I really like. Okay. And DC has Batman, and I really like Batman, but I really don't like Superman. Yes. So Marvel's winning that. Yeah. I, I, do, I do like the Batman. So. <laughs> well, that's, I, the only thing that I kind of have against Marvel is their stories tend to get very convoluted when you're talking about Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. I was trying to look up something about the Collector the other day mm -hmm. because I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time a week ago. 
And I wanted to look up the collector and I realized that just trying to piece the timeline and what exactly the collector's motivations are, are very difficult because you're not sure how many of these stories are canon involving him. If is the first one canon and does it also, is it canon to the second story or is maybe this writer decided that the introduction of the collector is canon to his story, but the second and third ones aren't related or it gets a little convoluted. And I do kind of have that issue with that. Okay. That is not nearly as much with Batman. Batman's also totally insane. Yes. Uh, I I agree. <laughs> but he's still cold as hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would like to be Batman. That would be cool. I want to throw money at my problems. Yes. But I just want to be Batman long enough to do that. And then, and then <laughs> I, I can just revert to my normal self. But, but. would you be uh, Adam West Batman? If you, if you yes. had to be a Batman and Adam West was the only option. I, I would be cheesy Adam West Batman. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and I would, I absolutely, I would, I would totally do that. What? Cheesy Adam West? Oh yeah. Sweet. I would now. have shark repellent. I want shark repellent. So yes. <laughs> I have a statue of Adam West Batman on my desk at work. <gasps> you do? Sci-fi or fantasy? That's my next question. I've been reading a lot of sci-fi. I grew up on fantasy, and I think that I, I was um, unfairly discriminatory against sci-fi growing up. I uh, recently have been reading a lot of sci-fi. I just finished uh, The Beast Who Shouted Love at the Heart of Their World, which is Harlan Ellison. And I'm in the middle of reading We Are Legion, We Are Bob, which I do recommend. It's a pretty good book. Okay. I have I have read a lot of science fiction from the 60s in particular, and I've started to kind of like that era. The 60s and the 70s, I just read another Richard Matheson book. Oh, which one? Hell House. Ah, I haven't read that one yet. I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, nothing against Richard Matheson, because I loved I Am Legend. I Am Legend is such a good book. But I, I was oh, just I thinking about like, that. The other day, because I not only have read the book, but I've now seen three film adaptations of that story. Yeah. And I think that the only good one is the one with Vincent Price, The Last Man on Earth. Mm, that's, the, that's the last one I saw. It was a couple of days ago. I think that one's a really, because it's probably the most faithful to the book. Mm -hmm. And I, I Am Legend just, it's, I know that I Am Legend originally had the same ending as the book did and it did not test well so they changed it yeah which defeats it yes i mean a lot of the impact of that story was the way it ended i, I would say that the the thing that i dislike the most about hell house is that he tries to explain ghosts away as like radiation and tries to counteract ghosts with more radiation <laughs> and we I mean, this book was published in, like, the late 60s, and I know that we knew more about radiation then. So I'm not sure exactly where he was coming from, or maybe I severely misinterpreted what this machine was supposed to do, but they did mention that they had to irradiate a house to get rid of the ghosts. Hmm. It was a very, very strange way to exercise. And, and also, I don't, I don't know, because... I... I 
it it just put it in my head like you think ghosts are radiation. Why do you think ghosts are radiation? Is is it's that what, like Chernobyl is? It's just super haunted. No. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, that speaks to me as a callback to Lovecraft and uh, oh god, Crawford Tilling Gas Machine. Is that the one that allows him to see uh, beasts that are uh, invisible to his spectrum? Yes. Okay. yes. I remember that one. Um, oh, yeah. And I did... Oh, what is the book? I don't remember the name of the author. I just bought another horror novel. I don't read enough horror. But and you should read more. <laughs> I know. And that's why I, I went out and I bought this book called Painted Devils, and I don't remember who wrote it. And I, I had to find a used old copy on Amazon. Okay. But you know, I've and, been, and now I'm clicking on Amazon to see. Robert Eichmann. Oh, yes. Eichmann. Robert yes. Eichmann. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I should have read that by now, and I have not. It's okay. Terrible. Terrible I human books being. I haven't read either. I, I know. Tried. I'm looking at my stack on my nightstand. It's getting out of control. I got about halfway through Universal Harvester and got distracted by uh, moving into my my house. Yeah, yeah. And I have not gone back to it. And then I started The Disaster Artist. And at the same, I'm reading The Disaster Artist while also reading uh, We Are Legion, We Are Bob. Mm-hmm. And also trying to read Dr. Zivago for the fourth time. I don't think I'm going to make it through Dr. Zivago. And I don't know why I can't get through that book. Well, maybe it's just not your time yet. Maybe. It may be. I mean, I think the first time... Or maybe that time has passed. Well, it's strange because I read all these classic books when I was in elementary school and middle school. I was 11 when I read Moby Dick. Oh, man. I hated that book. Yeah. I, I... I tried to revisit it and realized I still hate this book. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But there's, uh, I read all these like classic books as a kid, but for some reason could never get through Dr. Zivago. And I remember reading it when I was 12 because the movie was on TV. Still haven't gotten through it. 12 until now. Oh, man. Speaking of agonizing, what is the most agonizing career decision that you have ever had to make? Deciding that I was going to have to enter a field that paid me versus being freelance and doing what I like to do. I I really like to sew and make costumes and I, I stopped doing that because I couldn't I, I've done customer service for a long time, but it's very hard to work with people who were so far away from making your own clothing. Like your mother's mother probably made clothing for her, but your mother might not have made clothing for you. Yeah. And so many people because they don't sew and they don't really know anybody who sews anymore. They don't know all the effort that it takes and that Mm -hmm. a shirt, a button-up dress shirt, should cost you more than 20 bucks. Yeah, but some unknown person in some backwoods third world country can get it done for pennies. Right. 
And I know, and I'm very against labor like that. And especially you'll notice every once in a while, a big designer that you'll have to pay like several thousand dollars for just a shirt from them will get in trouble for using sweatshop labor. So they're already charging you like $2,000 for a sweater, but they're using sweatshop labor. So they're getting like so much of that as profit because they're not hiring actual seamstresses for a livable wage. Yes. And I'm basically paying $2,000 for a sweater that I could walk in H&M and get because it's from the same factory. But I, I still, I think it's, I think it's very wrong to not pay people a living wage. And also one of the reasons why I stopped uh, sewing costumes for people was a lot of people would try to negotiate with me that I shouldn't be making the amount of money I made. And, they didn't believe me that it took me 40 hours to make them a dress. Yeah. Um, or that it took a lot of hand sewing or hand finishing or, you know, I, I think uh, I'm in the middle of an embroidery project that's taken me two weeks and it's about this big. Yeah. And it's taken up an awful lot of your time. Yeah. I watched, I've watched a lot of movies while doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, granted that labor was pop probably relaxing labor, but it was labor nonetheless. Right. And I mean, you are very gifted. You've always been, I've always seen you as a very gifted and talented seamstress and uh, cross-stitcher. I, I <laughs> love the clockwork orange uh, tea towels. Uh, tea towels? No, that one was a sampler. Oh, okay. I, and- I enjoyed that. The same I, work that you did. I did make a Han Solo tea towel. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've made a lot of tea towels. I have uh, Dutch girl tea towels that I spent about a month making. But, yeah. It just, and it's the same thing with writing. When I try to write with people, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people aren't willing to pay a lot of money for somebody who's not very established and sometimes it's justified i don't have a lot that's been published but sometimes i also feel like if you're reading it and understanding the quality of somebody then you're also understanding their potential and you might be willing to take a chance on them and publish this person's fan fiction (laughs) and and uh, trust me that's a that is an age-old argument that has been going on forever. <laughs> That's one of the great things about Amazon Publishing is that mm-hmm. you can take whatever it is that you wrote and just put it directly on there because they don't really care so much about the content. Uh, I think that's probably why Chuck Tingle did as well as he does. And first of all, I thank God every day for Chuck Tingle because he has got it to is. be the greatest person ever. Yes, uh, I, I love his work and he's so great and he's funny and he writes in really creative and, and meta ways. Yes. But I think that a lot of his popularity comes from the strange titles that he gives his stories and publishing, self-publishing on Amazon. And if Amazon didn't offer that option, I think that he never would have made it. He never would have gotten published. Well, not... I, I don't think his popularity would have reached the heights that it has. 
I, I don't think he would have been as successful as he has if it hadn't been for the ability to use Amazon and self-publish. Um, there, there is, do you ever read the erotica on Amazon? Uh, some of it, some of it I do. I uh, do read quite a bit of erotica from Amazon because they give it away for free all the time. Really? Yeah, if you subscribe to like BookBub, stuff like that, they'll mm -hmm. constantly email you about, hey, here's free erotica. Yes. Much. I read one that I, I, I'll be honest that I am normally disappointed with the free erotica that I find. Mm -hmm. But I have found a lot of very good ones just by giving people I've never heard of a chance. Yes. But I also have learned to stay away from the stuff that's trying to emulate the popularity of Chuck Tingle, for instance. Yeah. There was like a human centipede Santa Claus mashup. And that uh, was a mistake. <laughs> oh, dear. It, it, it's kind of sad that I, I have seen, uh, I, I've seen memes that, that are a Santa human centipede mashup. I'm uh, not surprised. Yeah, the human Santa pee. Yes, that one. <laughs> that one, yes. Oh, it was, it's a concept. <laughs> Some of them are, are mercifully short for as weird as they are. You also find a lot of people who who very much uh, are opportunistic. I found a post that I made on Facebook a couple years ago about uh, my love for left shark. Which oh, was, yes. Yes, erotic fiction about Left Shark from the Katy Perry halftime show. Oh, yes. I made sure to find Left Shark at Maka and get <laughs> a picture with with Left Shark. Yeah, that, I God, I can't believe I miss Left Shark. <laughs> oh, also, I, you know, something that I'd really like to see, actually, that reminds me. You know how I think it's like Jimmy Kimmel or somebody does celebrity reads mean tweets? Yes. Why doesn't he do celebrity reads awful fan fiction? Oh, there that, was that that one from last year, the uh, Fifty Shades of Greyjoy. Yes, and I would love to have the the actor who plays Theon and the actor who plays Ramsay read it mm. and read their lines from it. It would be. So great. That would be perfect. <laughs> yes, but then again, we step on IP. Um, well, yeah, that. they would have to have permission to do that. But it, yeah. it would be something that if, if anybody did it, it would be one of those like Conan O'Brien type promotions for Game of Thrones is getting ready to come out with their new season. Yes. And it, and it would be perfect. It would be great. I will, I will tweet that at him. <laughs> and tell him that he has to let me in on the episode. Oh, and invite a celebrity I have a crush on arbitrarily. Yeah. yeah. Arbitrarily. Who, well, I can't who do you who have? Who, oh, who as a would celebrity be crush? this week, yeah. Oh, this week. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I think because you could invite Sean Bean because I have a massive crush on Sean Bean. But he's dead in the show and has been dead since the first season. <laughs> so it doesn't have a great reason unless they want to do promotion for whatever awful Silent Hill movie he's going to be in. Or uh, I also have a really big crush on Benicio Del Toro, but I have a feeling that he won't be touching Game of Thrones with a 10-foot pole. So okay. 
that's the art. That's where the arbitrary comes from. Okay. Now I know we've gone over your talents with the needle and thread, but what is one other thing that you find yourself exceptionally good at? Um, I think that my writing is all right. I, I, I mean, I say that as somebody who once got kicked off of a fan fiction website for being awful. Uh, I used to draw a lot. Like I said, I tried to make a comic book. I used to think I was good at that. Somebody recently returned a sketchbook that was stolen from me back in 2007. Yeah. And I looked through it and realized I was all right. Yeah. I was, I was okay. I have a lot of potential. You, yes. Yes. Start this up again. Try to start a comic book again. All right. Now on, on to, to follow up with that. What are you really bad at? Being an adult. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. there are just some days that don't work. Yeah, remembering to like do laundry and, oh, hey, I didn't sweep before my friends came over. Um, I guess a, a talent that I try that I'm really bad at is definitely singing. Not not great at singing, but by God, I'll do it anyway. Oh yes, keep you'll going. Be you'll get to, better. you'll get better with time. <laughs> keep I, going. I, I, I like to think I'm good at video games, and then I watch people play Overwatch. I'm like, I'm not that good at this. <laughs> uh, I just finished a demo of a video game in RPG Maker, and. I'm not that good at that, but hey, doing something. You know something that I'd, I'd like to see more of that I don't I don't see a lot of, and I only see it if I import stuff over from Japan. What's that? Erotic video games. And people, yes. Like Japan has this thing in visual novels where they're, they're almost like choose your own adventures and sometimes they're just like reading a story. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, which is why I wanted to do a comic book that was porn with plot, uh, is because a lot of times these visual novels, in order to sell, they'll just shoehorn a bunch of porn in. Okay. And then if they're good, they'll turn them into an anime at some point and get rid of all the porn. Just whitewash that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I believe it was a thing with like Fate Stay Night, and it's become really, really popular, but... I don't see a lot of like erotic video games coming out of the United States and then you especially don't see them from indie developers because you can't put them on Steam. Yeah. Because I could buy Honey Pop, but Honey Pop has to be censored. You can get the plugins to uncensor Yeah, it didn't take me very long to uncensor that game. Yeah. <laughs> me neither. Oh, but and I, I, I played a lot of that game, and I, I still kind of like it. But there's other, like, other Steam games, which is weird because Steam also suggests a lot of nudity games to me. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Games with sexual content, it doesn't really suggest, but it does suggest a lot of games that have nudity in them for some reason. But they really restrict the ability, even though you could, people could have to put on there that they're 18 to buy these games, yes. but they restrict the ability to go out and buy them. And I think that would be really, really nice. And I think that a lot of these are probably going to be the same way that fan fiction is, is that 
it's going to start with people creating their own in order to fulfill a need that they have for this storyline for already existing characters. And you're that going to end up with a lot me. of fan fiction video games. You're making me think of some uh, in indie games that I've got to forward to you on Steam. I, I've got to suggest at okay. least one of them to you. It's something of Princess. It's an RPG maker game. Um, but to go back to our questions, what job, if you were offered it, would make you immediately drop everything to say yes to? Uh, if I did either character design for a video game or costume design for a movie production company. Okay. So if I was there, if I was any tier of costume design, I'd do that. Okay. And I would just really like to design characters, uh, like especially for Soul Calibur. Awesome. Now let's go meta. What question do you wish I would have asked you? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think I have any others. I guess if, if I had a, a a celebrity that was involved in porn, maybe that I would like to meet. Not yeah. necessarily to have sex with them, but to meet them. Because I'd, I'd actually really like to meet Ron Jeremy and just talk to him. He seems pretty cool. Um, I've heard a lot of good stories about him. Yeah, there's one friend, that mutual friend that we have that has met him multiple times. I think I know who you're talking about. Yep. Because <laughs> I think maybe it's once or twice a year he's always posting a picture of himself with Ron Jeremy. So. I think he shows up at uh, Rockfest on occasion. Okay. And tends to hang out backstage on Rockfest, but if you manage to get backstage then you might run into Ron Jeremy. And I am not that kind of person that can uh, wheedle my way backstage for any reason, nor am I important enough to have a backstage pass. So. Okay. One of these days, though, I'll run into him and I'll be like, hey, I heard you're intelligent and you fuck people. Let's talk. <laughs> uh, now that he is someone that I really would like to interview. That would be I, a fun discussion. Yeah. I would, I would love to just talk to him and just talk to him about anything because I, I want to say that he's got, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I want to say somebody told me he had like a degree in literature or something like he, he knows what he's talking about and he knows a lot about a lot of things. Cool. He just happens to have made a career in porn. Now, I'm, I'm sure you understand why. <laughs> And, and with that, I, I am, I will, for the sake of the evening, draw our interview to a close. And I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. And thank you, lone viewer. I see that someone is watching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for putting up with us for this hour and 10 minutes-ish. Um, have a wonderful evening, everyone, and thank you very much for joining us. I look forward to seeing the messages on Twitter and the winner of the contest for Georgia Hotel, the affairs of a traveling salesman will be chosen on Thursday, 
Uh, not Thursday. Um, whatever day March 14th is via messages to my Twitter account at Leotar, L-E-A-H-T-A-U-R on Twitter. So everybody have a wonderful evening, you guys. Take care. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.